Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. Uh, before we get started on this lazy Doctor Who, we should tell all of the uh, members who are listening to check the first class feed because uh, we have a little special treat for you in there, which we have mentioned before. And we haven't uploaded yet. I was going to do it before we did uploaded this one. So it would actually be there. Whoa. Yeah. Time, time, see, this is our production schedule is, is out of order. So yeah. the production code for that was something, something. And the production code for this is something, something plus one. But we're going to do it, no, the other way around. Yeah. And I've confused myself. No, but it's funny you mentioned that because the production code for the Sea Devils is actually LLL. And the Curse of Peladon, the serial, the serial that preceded it, was MMM, the first instance of swapped production in Doctor Who. I totally did all of that on purpose yep. just to lead into the fact that we watched one episode of The Sea Devils. Yeah, did we mention what the secret thing is yet? We haven't mentioned. No, because it's not at all a secret, but you can tell. It's a commentary for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh -huh. We did a commentary last night as we record this, and it was fun because we like the movie, mm -hmm. and it's, our, it's a little bonus extra. I know it's not 100% Doctor Who related, but we do talk about... Mm -hmm. Uh, the Doctor Who actors that are in it, and exclusively about that, nothing about the the movie itself. <laughs> we just sit silently for yeah. most of the two plus no, no, hours. No, no, we have lots of tales about Richard E. Grant and Paul Casey mm -hmm. and uh, a couple other people who had little parts of Doctor Who. Vinette Robinson. Vinette Robinson, of course, Rosa Parks. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's that. Mm -hmm. Apparently, will be in your members feed <laughs> after we record this, mm -hmm. but not before this is uploaded to the regular feed before yes before i've, I've confused you i'm sorry for <laughs> i was trying to be all sneaky and you just like outed me i know well i do i wasn't sure because we never um in our pre-recording meeting <laughs> our little sit down where we sit for 20 minutes and discuss what we're going to talk about <laughs> on the podcast uh we didn't mention that so that's true. That is true. We we do technically sit down before the podcast and true. spend 20 minutes, but it was 20 minutes watching Doctor Who now talking. That's true. We watched uh, episode one of The Sea Devils. It's uh, Thanksgiving weekend here in in Canada. Um, so that, you know, we always seem to watch some episodes on a holiday weekend. Um, you have a week off, so it's even a bigger holiday um, weekend for you so yeah we decided to watch uh, part one mm -hmm. yep i decided i needed a staycation for my my own mental health so yeah time off means uh i maybe have some time for doctor who maybe we never promise anything nope nope that would be foolish yeah because i'm baking a tofurkey tomorrow mm -hmm. and uh those take you know you have to stare at them in the oven for like hours on end <laughs> otherwise they might flop or something, uh, you don't need to throw them in there for a couple hours and it's fine. So mm -hmm. so maybe while that's cooking, we might watch episodes tomorrow. But but for now, we've watched episode one of a story that you've seen, mm -hmm. a Pertwee story that you have definitely seen before. More than once. Yes, at least twice. Maybe three times. That many times. Yeah, well, I watched it, as I believe I said, probably on our last episode. I watched it to prepare. I <laughs> watched it to prepare for watching the commentary that you guys did on right. RFS. And then I watched it with that commentary. And I think we did a Verity episode about it as well. That All that rings a bell, mm -hmm. uh, both from you telling me it and from <laughs> us saying it in the last episode. But you know what? I like to start off a new uh, serial in Lazy Doctor Who with not necessarily stuff tying back to the last episode of the podcast. Because sure. people might be jumping on board right now. 
That's true. Some like if somebody wanted to just hear what we thought about the mm-hmm. Sea Devils for some specific reason, they would not be listening all the way through. That's true. Or or maybe they thought, hey, wow, I've heard they uh, are doing Lazy Doctor Who. Let's jump on board right now. Because some people just jump on and then they go back mm-hmm. and listen to the beginning, like you did with Radio Free Scar way back when. Well, I did it the other way. I river songed it a little bit because I That's started right. listening. I started listening at you know, what was at that time the present. Uh-huh. And then I would listen to your new episodes as they came out. But then I also went back backwards. So I started at the present and then just, you know, went yeah. to the previous episode, the one before that, the one before that. I think I still never listened to the very first episode because I was waiting to listen to all the commentaries, which I hadn't done. That's right. Because I would r- listen up until the point where the commentary started and then I would stop listening because I didn't have time to watch all those things. Did you eventually watch the Sea Devils commentary? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. So that was one. Uh, Oddly enough, um, it it wasn't from this episode, but there is a scene in a future episode from the story, which is one of my early memories of Doctor Who. Mm. I remember flipping through and like that bit of a scene, I'll point it out when we get there, Mm -hmm. um, was one of my earliest memories, I think. Back when it was like airing one half hour episode a night on KSPS TV in Spokane. Uh, oh, not from Spokane, but we got it in Edmonton. And uh, yeah, I remember it stuck out like really vividly. And I wasn't quite sure what was going on. It was very weird. And I'm sure it'll seem weird when we get to it. Probably. There's there's weird stuff in Doctor Who. There is. Uh, like the Royal Navy uh, collaborating with the BBC to make a Doctor Who television show. And the Doctor visits the Master in prison. And uh, lots of there's a boatman who's making a lot of money, but he's going to need it because he needs to buy a new boat. And uh, all sorts of things in this episode. Yeah, I was like, man, he's making out like a bandit because, you know, he, he gets he gets cash to, to borrow the boat. He gets cash to borrow the motorbike. But then I'm like, yeah, but now we can't go anywhere until somebody brings back one of his vehicles. Yeah. And the boat got blown up. Yep. Yeah, so that's not coming back to him. No, so mm-hmm. he might have thought he made out like a bandit. Mm-hmm, He's got no. 20 pounds to mm-hmm. buy to drown his sorrows, perhaps. But Yeah, yeah with with some beer, because we, we saw beer in this episode. That's right. I can't remember what it was. I was going to make a note of the light something oat ale or... Oh, something oak light ale. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's a real beer. I don't know. Like, I have no idea. No. I don't know. We can't begin to uh, yeah. speculate. Um so what what do you think of this uh, the first part of the story then? Uh, it's fun. It's it's interesting. I still like. I always struggle a little bit with this. Just the the friendship between the Doctor and the Master, especially at this point. Like oh. the Master has been killing people left and right. Like it's nice that you used to go to school together, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm just thinking of uh, random people who were my friends in high school. Like all the way, even friends who were, you know, I knew all the way from like kindergarten all the way up through high school. Uh-huh. And if they showed up in my life again and started murdering people in Edmonton, <laughs> that would be bad. Would I visit them in jail? Hell no. <laughs> I would not. Would I be chummy with them? Absolutely not. And I understand that it's different because he's a time lord and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I can't I can't help my emotions. That is the way that I, I always feel about mm-hmm. it. Um, so while on the one hand, I am enjoying their relationship and the way that they, you know, banter back and forth with each other and even, you know, how warm Joe is toward him, which also doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, so it's it's enjoyable. But at the same time, it makes me feel slightly uncomfortable because it's just... You know, there are a lot of unrealistic things in Doctor Who. That is, you know, everybody's got their line. I guess that's mine. A lot of people love that uh, yeah. scene where he visits them in mm-hmm. prison. And, they, and it, like I said, I understand why. It's uh-huh. charming. It's very sweet. It's also really icky. I suppose so. 
It's like, you're right, though. I think it is a Time Lord thing, you know? They are like two Time Lords out in the universe. Joe is not a Time Lord. Joe's not a Time Lord, but he's always seemed to be very cordial and courteous to Joe, I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have, they have like, a little relationship as well. <laughs> Stockholm I'm, Syndrome. I'm st- Yeah, maybe. I'm yeah. still thinking about, like, the person that I went to high school with, like, mm-hmm. you know... If you met them for the first time and they were very cordial to you while they were keeping you prisoner, would you like to go and visit them when they were finally <laughs> this murdering person that I knew from high school? Would you want to uh, just go and be cheerful to them in prison? No. Do you yeah. know someone from high school who murdered someone? It was manslaughter. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was just a random example. Nope. <laughs> Wow. No, I just, actually, I wasn't originally thinking of that person, but when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, yeah, there was that one guy. I always thought it was kind of <laughs> weird how you were really excited to quickly move to Canada from the States, <laughs> and I'm beginning to learn why. Oh, shush. Um, so apart from that, I mean, it's just a charming little scene, I think, because, I, you know, the, the, the Pertwee and Delgado got along really well, and they were friends, and, and so you rarely get to see that on screen you know, because they're playing adversaries. And so in some ways it's just kind of a, a look behind the curtain where they're all happy and friends and maybe, maybe the doctor can turn him, but probably not. And there's that, that slight regret that they were friends at one point and, but he's probably going to be kept at that prison forever or so he thinks. And, you know, Yep. Yeah. Like I said, I completely understand why people really enjoy that. And it is one of the things I like about this episode, too. I can I can hold two different feelings in my head, in my heart at the same time. It's possible. It is possible. Uh, We also have sort of Brigadier Light in Captain Hart uh, because the Royal Navy is essentially unit. Let's face it in this uh, scenario. Mm -hmm. That that man is no brigadier. I I know the brigadier. The brigadier was a friend of mine. You, sir, are not the brigadier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know what? You know he would go on to play a different role in Doctor Who? Really? Yeah. Who? He played uh, Mestor in The Twin Dilemma. <laughs> oh, great. I can't wait to get there. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Uh, eh, somewhat. I... I, I Mm, I'm I'm struggling to bring to mind who Mestor is. I I remember bits and pieces. Yeah, he's a giant slug. Ah, okay, that explains why I didn't recognize his face. <laughs> that that yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um, do you recognize someone? Someone else also uh, appears in a later episode of Doctor Who, who's in this story, um, but he is perhaps more famously known for someone who appeared in a movie but then was not in the movie. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm having fun. I, I can tell you're having fun. Yeah. This is very, like, I feel like I'm caught in a riddle. Yeah. Are you the Sphinx? Uh, yes, I am. Do you know who it is? No, tell me. I know, I only asked so I can tell you. <laughs> uh, the, one of the two people on, the one who survived um, on the sea fort. I was going to ask, was it the, 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 the larger fellow who wanted to play Drafts? Yeah, Drafts. Uh, maybe he's the one who owns the ukulele. Um, Declan Mulholland is his name. He shows up as Till, the, uh, the sort of the manservant of Count Grendel in Androids of Tara. Oh. But you, you seem to have, have uh, cottoned on to who it might be. No, I just, the name Declan Mulholland just looked really familiar to me. Either that or it's just a really cool name. Well, it's A, uh, David Lynch named Mulholland Drive after him. Not. Uh, B, Declan Mulholland played the body double of Jabba the Hutt in the the unused scenes in the original Star Wars film. 
Uh, and so when I saw him a lot because it says, here's how we've painted a new Jabba the Hutt and really bad looking 1997 CGI over, over him. And then they kept painting over. But in the original scene, it was Declan Mulholland walking around like in a fur <laughs> thrower or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's his famous bit. Uh, contribution to the Star Wars universe. Wow. Yep. So we just did a commentary on a Star Wars movie yeah. talking about Doctor Who actors, and now we are doing a podcast about Doctor Who talking about a Star Wars actor. Tying it in. Mm-hmm. Tying it all together. Yep. Yeah. We're, yep. we're so good at this. We're professionals, we ladies and gentlemen. We've been doing this for a few years, folks. Um, the, the other famous thing about the story is, of course, the music score by Malcolm Clark and the Radiophonic Workshop. I, I don't mind it. I think it's fine. I really like it. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. There, the the thing that I don't like is the like the dynamics of it when I when it's you know quiet, even medium, even kind of loud. It's fine, but at some points it gets so loud that it actually kind of hurts my ears a little bit. And it's just it's like you know the volume and the the sort of like gratingness of the pitch. Yeah. Um. But I don't mind like as as long as it's not hitting one of those things that like kind of makes my spine twitch just because mm-hmm. of the like how loud it is uh i, I like it i i think it's a cabillionty times better than the crumb horn from <laughs> <laughs> like sea devils yeah. like i want to just make a tweet sea devils greater than symbol yeah <laughs> silurians because because yeah i think just right there the, the sound effects they also have way better outfits i'm sorry i love the sea devils outfits those like netting things well the netting was put there because wait a second these monsters are naked and so they had to quickly make some <laughs> s- s- mesh vests to cover up which tickles me pink i think that is just hilarious who can't have naked monsters yeah. unless you know if they have fur then they're covered but no it's got like as we were watching last night uh the rise of skywalker and like they rescue chewy mm-hmm. from the ship and he doesn't have his bandolier on and i made a, uh, no, it uh i know that he looks naked without his bandolier it's like a one little thing it's oh no cover your eyes chewy is naked he's actually always naked so are the sea devils apart from that vest to conceal their shame mm-hmm. it's it's hilarious it's just like it, they, the cheapest thing they could find was some sort of netting yeah. and they just tacked it together, which is great because now every time we, uh, back in the days when we could fly places, uh, we we would go to uh, the duty-free shop on the way out yeah. of town and pick up usually a bottle of Jameson and they always put like the this like plasticky netting thing around it to keep it from clinking against other bottles and stuff. And we always call it the uh, Sea Devil's cosplay for our Jameson bottle. Yeah, I wish it wasn't red. I wish it was like sort of like light blue, mm-hmm. uh, like the Sea Devils wear here. So that's my that's my one request duty free shop in Edmonton <laughs> International Airport for 2022. Please change it up. Well, Canada just outlawed single use plastics, so those things are going to go away anyway. Oh, we better hang on. I'm pretty sure I have ha- kept one, <laughs> okay, good. so that we can keep mm-hmm. using them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, banning banning plastic that'll that'll upset the Nestine's uh, <laughs> global domination plan of Canada. I tell you, very true. We are. It's really just self preservation. That's all. Yeah, that too. Uh, actually, this um uh this whole season of Doctor Who is one is when Mark Ayers, who would go on to become a composer for Doctor Who in the late eighties, mm-hmm. is when he started watching the show. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the scores that like struck him as a, as a child. Mm-hmm. So like this the sonic. Um, 
diversity in season nine of Doctor Who is one reason that uh, compelled Mark Ayers to become a musician himself. So I, I find it neat that we're watching sort of the genesis of uh, of a music career. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a, another cool thing about the Sea Devils. And it's understandable because, yeah, this story is distinctive. Very. Yep. And I remember actually in the commentary that you did on RFS about this, you spent a lot of time talking about it. We, I think we brought, we downloaded um, theremin apps mm-hmm. and played music scores on our phones during the course of it. Yep, you sure did. We did. Mm-hmm. Those are crazy days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The main reason is why they went with the, for the first time they went with the, well, not, I should say the first time. They've had occasional scores like the Dominators and I think a couple others have might have had like sort of like moods. Uh, from the Radiophonic Workshop. But this is like the full-on first score from a Radiophonic Workshop because they only had to pay Malcolm Clark once uh, instead of like having to shell out for seven or eight musicians for Dudley Mm -hmm. Simpson. I think it was a cost-cutting thing because of the huge expenditure with the uh, location filming and stuff. The Royal Navy donated all their services for free in exchange to sort of like, hey, paint us in a positive light kind of thing. So we'll see more and more throughout the course of this episode. It's quite impressive when you think about it, when you see how much is actually in the episode. It's all for free. Wow. I feel like maybe in episode one, they're not painted in the most positive of light because Hart is, you know, not... I mean, I, I suppose he's doing fine. Yeah. Because if the doctor just wandered up without any credentials or anything like that, yeah, probably you'd want to be be grumpy at him mm-hmm. too. Um, but they also like sent two guys off to just live by themselves on this giant, yeah. like those poor guys. For maintenance to, mm-hmm. to get that thing in, in shape. Um, yeah, I mean, it, they aren't painted in a negative light. They're not the villains, probably. Spoilers yeah. for those who haven't seen the Sea Devils before. It's not the Royal Navy's fault. <laughs> For invading the Earth, if that is indeed what happens. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive when you see. Uh, I can't remember who offered. If the Royal Navy offered, and Barry Let said, "Sure, that sounds great," or vice versa. But I'm I'm inclined to believe it's the first instance. But I'll have to watch the documentary in between now and the rest of the episodes we do for this to get the full answer. I do quite like uh, Joe in this episode, not just the pantsuit, which uh-huh. is like iconic, yep. um, but uh, the fact that, you know, the doctor goes off to look for the boat while she's off buying picture postcards. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what does she do? Well, she gives him a tenor so she can borrow his motorbike and off she goes to track him down. And sure enough, she shows up with his ID yeah. saying like, is he here? Like <laughs> just chasing after him like a lost puppy. Yeah. Enterprising. She's very enterprising that episode. Very. Yes. Yeah. That is the Joe. Enterprising is a great, uh, a great descriptor for her in general. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Uh, Trenchard. I like how uh, Trenchard is an insufferable bore. Apparently this was a thing where, you know, as, uh, former colonies were throwing off the yoke of oppression. Uh, some people in higher up positions in those governments were being like placed in prison wardens and everything else to sort of like find work for them. And so that's what Trenchard is. I do like, it took me a long time to realize what was going on in the scene with the clangers where the master's watching the clangers <laughs> on TV because he's sort of like, I thought, does he actually think that they are an alien life form? But he's making a joke. And Trenchard is just so pedantic that he just like steps on it and so when the master goes to the tv and turns it off he just goes oh, 
just like exasperated at how Trenchard just does not get the joke. So, okay, they're not aliens. I'll turn the TV off. Like you could tell he's just really bored by his presence. Okay. I, that, I, I suppose I can see that now. I just, I sort of read it that maybe he did think that they were and he was disappointed. Like yeah. I th- I was just a, initially reading his reaction as disappointment. Like, oh, I can't believe I was so excited about this. They're just puppets. Oh, no, no. I think it's that he's, he, which I like because there's like a sense of humor to the master there. I think the, there's a quick little cut because um, Michael E. Bryant's directing this and, and we cut to a shot of him uh, watching the show. Uh, back to the the TV screen again. And just before it goes, it looks like he's about to like, start laughing a little bit. And I thought, <laughs> damn, we almost saw him sort of laugh at the clangers um, uh, for a tiny second. So uh, it's 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 a very human moment for him. It this is. this the genocidal maniac. And I think you mean Michael Bryant. He's still Michael Bryant because there was an actor called Michael Bryant, and they were starting to get um, uh, letters to each other. So he, I think, after this, he adds the e. So when he next directs Doctor Who, he's got an E. I've always known him as Michael E. Bryant. So, and he's a he's a very keen sailor. He oh. he retired several years ago, and now he 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 basically is a sailor. That's his his thing. He has a YouTube channel that has like videos of him sailing, of like a, like deep dive, like here's where you go for this, and like there's like sea maps and everything. So he is a very keen aquatic person. So this is the perfect uh, directorial assignment for for someone with such. Uh, see sensibilities. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've talked to him about it on on a couple of occasions. He's a very nice chap, and he remembers everything. I I do remember that from listening to your interviews with him. Just being shocked at how clear his memory was about details of things that happened decades ago. Decades ago. This is almost fifty years old. This thing, and like he would just tell, like, oh yeah, this, 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 and this, and so yeah, it's pretty cool. Michael E. Bryant, one of my favorite directors and one of my favorite people when it comes to Doctor Who. Yay. Yay, indeed. Um, anything else about episode one of the Sea Devils before we sign off here? I'm just hoping we don't have to hear anybody play that ukulele. <laughs> I'd much rather hear the weird uh, uh, radiophonic springs uh, than the ukulele that we saw up there. Yeah, I know that doesn't make me popular in nerd circles, but I don't care. That's no, not my favorite sound in the world. Nor mine. Mm-hmm. Yep, but I'll hear the wang. <laughs> yep, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Is this just going to be us making noises now? I'm making music, not oh, noises. Sorry. Thank you very much. Sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, goodbye. 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 <laughs>